0: Today on Ag News Daily,
1: we're very proud of the one that, that we've built. You know, with everything here at
0: FBN, it really starts with our farmers first college. Listeners, July twenty fifth, two thousand twenty three, Ag News Daily edition. How's Delaney doing this morning?
2: I'm pretty good, Tanner, and I am. Heading off for uh, two and a half weeks in Europe. So pretty soon, it's just going to be you and Jennifer running the podcast. So lots to do in a short amount of time.
0: I believe that. I'm sitting up here in Hudson, Wisconsin, getting ready for the uh, Winfield Field Day. So we'll be hanging out with the True Terra folks, talking regenerative ag practices. So it'll be a great day. High of 90 here. So we will certainly be warm, but that's all right. There are still heat advisories being issued for a large chunk of South Dakota all the way down into Texas, obviously we're a part of that. Heat indexes in central Nebraska could be 105 or higher. Kansas, 107. The northern United States is still seeing air quality alerts from smoke from the Canadian wildfires, parts of northern Minnesota, most of all Wisconsin and Michigan. And we can see some of that haze where we're sitting today.
2: Yeah, and meteorologists are really starting to be concerned, Tanner, about crop conditions, because as you mentioned there, we're going to see things really heat up here in the western Corn Belt with forecasts to top 100 degrees in all those states you just mentioned there. but. According to USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey, he says that the stubborn high heat that's been in the south and southwest will push into the Midwest by midweek. And the growing season has already been far from perfect, but he said he's concerned about crop conditions here moving forward for the rest of this week. And as we look at crop conditions, Tanner, we saw corn conditions hold steady on the weekly Crop progress report by NAS. They kept things at 57% good to excellent nationwide. Soybeans, however, lost just one percentage point as they were rated 54% good to excellent as of Sunday. But, Tater, many folks are suggesting that by next week's report, we'll probably start to see a little bit of a drop again due to some of these hotter temperatures.
0: Yeah, and these hotter temperatures and drier conditions are really what the Japanese beetles are in favor of. We just got the first report of Japanese beetles being in Washington state. We of course know they're here in the Midwest as we've seen a lot about them, but without intervention, the colorful but devastating Japanese beetles could make its way across the entire state of Washington in as little as five years. The green copper beetles are damaging plants by skeletonizing their leaves, chewing up most of the soft green parts in between the veins, as we're well aware of here. Once established, the Japanese beetles are hard to get rid of, but it might be possible to get them under control if Washington can start early. They're actually talking a little bit, Delaney, about quarantining some of the areas where they've discovered the bugs. State here, however, that humans are the biggest reason for the uh, spreading of these animals because as they are larva and uh, young insects, they spend a lot of time in the soil, and whether dirt gets moved, hauled, or they just simply stick to somebody's shoe or boot, they can travel a long ways and still replenish their population. These quarantine zones potentially could work though. There are studies that have seen uh, pieces be successful. They're looking to make sure that residential yard waste is put away, agricultural trucks are thoroughly cleaned. Even though beetles can fly, they don't fly very far. So it'll be interesting to see what other measures the state of Washington puts into place. But the Japanese beetle has officially landed there.
2: Well, Tina, we're going to see the first real look at the North Dakota spring wheat and Durham. This week, we're kicking off the North Dakota spring wheat and Durham tour as the wheat quality council hosts the 2023 tour folks will be getting into the field with nearly 60 participants mm-hmm. and this wheat quality tour will get in there and start to forecast Tanner, what they think yields will be for both spring and durum wheat. The group will assemble in Fargo yesterday and should get first estimates for from the road, probably later today, but 15 car loads. So nearly every route will have two vehicles carrying the three to four people, and the route will end later this week. But it's going to be a hot one there for those folks in North Dakota. Also, the folks here in Iowa, Tanner, doing RAGBRAI. There's a lot going on.
0: Yes, there is quite a bit going on. We've also seen Latin America help boost the imports of corn. We've seen ag imports from Latin America and the Caribbean have increased over the last 12 years since the Great Recession. The compound annual growth rate of 7%. The report comes as the U.S. ag imports from Mexico grew faster than the imports from nearly all other regions. Mexico and U.S. ag imports from the region rising from 44 to 58%. That's quite interesting. So that's coming from Latin America. But if we jump over to Russia and Ukraine, we're continuing to get some reports there. Ukraine's air defenses repelled a Russian drone attack on Kiev. Uh, Experts with the UN nuclear watchdog have discovered mines at the site of the nuclear power plant, which states that goes against general provisions. Ukrainian troops have made gains along the southern front as part of the counteroffensive. And Ukraine claimed responsibility for drone strikes that hit Moscow. We're seeing uh, battlefield reports. The Ukrainian military is making gains as far as troops and morale goes. That's good. The Wagner military group, President Putin and the Belarusian leader have discussed Wagner in their recent talks. According to the Kremlin, troops were stationed at Belarus afterwards to help negotiate the deal. Russia and North Korea have a meeting scheduled for the rest of this week. The Russian delegation defense minister will have a three-day visit to North Korea. North Korea is one of the only countries out there that uh, outright support Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And the latest headline is a Russian jet fired flares that damaged a U.S. drone over Syria, so quite an interesting turn there for headlines there, but I'm out of news for today.
2: Well, I also had one quick headline when it came to the Russia-Ukraine situation, because as we know, the EU has really tried to limit the amount of exports coming out of Ukraine heading into Europe, and President Zelensky said on Monday that the extension of a European ban on Ukrainian grain imports would be unacceptable. Currently, five Central European countries want the EU ban extended until at least the end of this year. The current ban is set to expire on September 15th, Tanner, which is really just right around the corner. But a lot of different countries are asking now that that ban be extended until year end. And that is certainly putting Ukraine in a tough position to get grain out of the country.
0: Yeah, it's not going to make it easier. And it'll be interesting to see what that outcome is
2: like it certainly will but speaking of outcomes today's outcome of the overnight markets is not a pretty picture tanner as we look at the overnights here heading into opening session september corn down 11 and 3 quarters cents at 548 and 3 quarters Deese new crop corn down 11 and 3 quarters cents at 556 and a half august soybeans are down 18 and a half cents at 1504 and 3 quarters nov new crop beans down 18 at 1406 and a half Wheat should get some bumps this week if we see the wheat quality tour out of North Dakota coming in lower than folks were expecting. September hard red winter wheat down eight and three quarters cents. September spring wheat down eight and a quarter at nine twenty-seven and three quarters. And September Chicago wheat down twelve and a half at seven forty-five. Tanner, a quick reminder at where livestock ended yesterday. August live cattle shed $1.27.5 at a buck seventy-eight seventy-five. August feeder cattle shed $2.67 and a half cents at 24325 and August lean hogs closed yesterday out at 110. Today we are chatting about the new FBN land evaluation tool so let's turn it over to that conversation Tanner.
3: Today we have Dan English of the Farmers Business Network joining us. Dan, could you share a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Farmers Business Network as well?
1: Yeah, based out of our based out of our Sioux Falls office here, which is um, where I grew up. I'm the general manager of our finance business here at FBN. And so we offer um, operating loans, land loans, equipment loans, input financing uh, to all of our farmer members. Um, and so I run that business here. FBN, for those of you who are familiar with it, we're a uh, farmer-to-farmer network uh, of about 70,000 farmers uh, today across the U.S. uh, and Canada, and uh, we offer data analytics, inputs through our FBN Direct, crop marketing, crop insurance, uh, and then the the financing program that I just talked about through FBN.
3: Wow. So it sounds like FBN has plenty of opportunities for members to get involved with and utilize for their own personal operations and farm businesses. And from my understanding, there was recently a pretty big, exciting announcement that FBN just launched a new tool for members to use. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. So this week, we just launched our AcreVision product. And so, um, as I mentioned, you know, we we kind of think about uh, farming over a very long term and kind of three steps. First is, you, know, you need to find the parcel of land that you're gonna be farming. Uh, and So for some folks, that's the land that they grew up on, but a lot of folks are you know, obviously thinking about uh, continuing to grow and expand their operations. And then they need to be able to finance that purchase and, and subsequent purchases. Uh, and then they need to actually uh, farm the land. Uh, and so through our agronomic products and our uh, direct business, we have a, a lot to help with farmers on the, the actual farming side. Through our finance business, we are able to provide the financing, but we didn't really have a good research tool for them to evaluate. land, And so that's where this acre vision tool uh, comes in. Uh, And farmers can pull up a couple parcels, look at those, see what the cropping history is, see how it would fit into their own operation, look at comparable sales to get a sense of what the price is going to be and what, what a fair price might be, and really just use it to think about You know, how how is their operation going to grow over time and start to plan
2: ahead?
3: Yeah, it really sounds like FBN is covering all of the bases that farmers really need to consider when it comes to purchasing land. And looking at the competitiveness of this industry, how does your tool compare to others that may be out there that farmers may be looking at? Why should farmers use your tool instead?
1: Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of great products out there. Um, we're very proud of the one that, that we've built, you know, with everything here at FBN, it really starts with our farmer's first mentality. So this is a free tool that is built for farmers. So as we evaluated which pieces of information to include, which pieces to leave out, we really thought about what's the farmer experience going to be um, once they own this piece of land and what's the information that they need to make a decision, whether it's uh, the soil productivity, um, what, what has happened on that land in the past, being able to look at a very granular level and understand, all right, here's where the water may be flowing because of the, the terrain. Um, here's going to be the good spots to farm or, or the tougher spots to farm. And so we've really built it with the farmer in mind and really to be a tool for them to actually think about how it would fit into their operation.
3: Absolutely, that sounds incredible. And I'm sure that although it was just announced recently, farmers are going to be jumping right into using it because it will be something that will help them out immensely. And speaking of which, how will they be able to get a hold of this tool to use it for their operations?
1: Yeah, so uh, they can just go to fbn.com and navigate uh, to AcreVision by going there. As I mentioned, free, if you don't have an FBN account though, farmers should sign up when they get to the Two Acre Vision and create an account that way.
3: Perfect. Is there any other good information that you think that would that listeners would be fascinated to hear about and related to this new tool or anything else that is going on with Farmers Business Network recently?
1: So we announced this tool. We also just a couple Months ago, launched Norm, our AI agronomic advisor. Um, and so farmers can go there, ask Norm questions uh, about maybe some weed or pest pressure that they're facing this time of year, get an immediate response from an AI-trained chatbot to be able to kind of give them a perspective of what they could be looking at. And so we're continuing very hard here at, at FBN to try and add new new tools and functionality for our farmers to you know, make them as successful as possible and help them you know, grow their profitability.
3: Absolutely. I can definitely see that you guys are always working to make things the best possible and provide as many opportunities for farmers and members all across the nation. If listeners are interested in learning more about anything that we talked about today, where is a great spot for them to be able to go?
1: Yeah, I would say two options. One, they can go to fbn.com They can also call in directly if they want to talk to us and and have someone walk through a demo or or thing like that. For that, they can just call 1-866-619-3080.
3: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dan. We really appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much.
0: There you go, listeners. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We're going to get the next two weeks covered with great conversations between Jennifer and I. But for today, Delaney, what do you say? Should we let them go?
2: Let's let them go.